So, of course, uh, Mr. Kuateng delivered his so-called mini-budget, fiscal event, whatever you want to call it, on 23rd of September. Um, and it contained, at the time, the biggest package of tax cuts in 50 years. It's fair to say the reaction was, at best, mixed. A few have claimed that the measures will encourage spending and help to get the economy back on track, but many other commentators have criticised the move because the tax cuts would inevitably have benefited those on high incomes the most. And of course, there's been a significant U-turn on the 45% tax rate cut. But irrespective of the arguments, and whatever your political persuasion, it's important to understand how the changes will affect you directly. So we're going to summarise those changes and explain how they will impact your position going forward. Of course, this is far from a detailed explanation of what's new. It's more of an overview to fill in any gaps in your knowledge uh, and perhaps start a conversation with your accountant or tax advisor. It's worth pointing out that the proposed changes will be subject to parliamentary scrutiny and will require approval before becoming final. Additionally, given the current government's history of making U-turns on proposed policies that prove to be unpopular, it's possible, perhaps even likely, that there will be further changes when the draft legislation is published. But for now, let's talk about what we do know and let's start with national insurance. So, as had been widely expected, the increase in NI rates is to be reversed. This will happen on 6th of November, and the rates will be reduced to the level they were at in 21-22. Also, the health and social care levy is also to be scrapped. How the government proposes to pay for care uh, is yet it, it's still outstanding. That remains to be addressed, but it's a, it's a problem which is not going away. So how will this affect employees? Well, the applicable rates of Class 1 primary NI will be 12% for earnings between the primary threshold of 12570 and the upper earnings limit of 50270 and 2% for earnings above the upper earnings limit. How might this play out in the real world? Well, let's take an example to show you. Let's look at Sally. She earns £60,000 per annum, paid monthly. In the months of October 22, sorry, in the months of October and November 2022, her NI calculations will be as follows: in October, 442 pounds 51 pence. In November, she will be 49 pounds and 39 pence better off. So, that's Sally's uh, scenario. What about opportunities to take advantage of the cut? Well, for salaried employees, it may be difficult as they will generally be paid the same amount each month. However, where they receive additional amounts, such as bonuses, it may be possible to defer the payment of these until after 6th of November. Directors are subject to different rules, of course, for NI, so the timing of their earnings in 22-23 won't have any effect. So an overview, that's the position for employees. What about employers? Well, the secondary Class 1 NI rate will also reduce on 6th of November from 15.05% to 13.8%, which is where it was before, of course. The increase in the employment allowance that has been effective since April 22 will be retained, meaning the first £5,000 of secondary NI contributions are offset. Now, don't forget that the allowance is not available to companies where the only employee paid above the lower earnings limit is the sole director, i.e. one-person companies, and nor is it available to companies where the previous year's NI bill exceeded £100,000. So talking of directors, how are they affected? Well, actually probably more so than 
employees, because directors have an annual earnings period for NI purposes, things are slightly more complicated. Usually, the NI rates apply for a full tax year. However, because the rate's changing partway through this tax year, it will be necessary for directors to pay pay a composite rate for 22-23. Let's have another example. So, let's look at Jane. She's a director. Her annual salary is £95,000. For 22-23, her NI bill would be £6,104.61. In the absence of uh, the change of rates, Jane's NI bill would have been £6,536.66. So, what's that? Just over 400 quid saving. So that's NI. What about stamp duty land tax? Again, it's been somewhat controversial and the, the whole property market uh, landscape is potentially changing. Um, the first announcement regarding SDLT was extending the 0% band to £250,000. This is undoubtedly a generous increase, although it's only half of what it was during the height of the uh, pandemic SDLT holiday. The increase took effect at midnight on 23rd of September. So if doubling the 0% band was the only measure, it would have certainly reduced the value of relief for first-time buyers. However, in a second announcement, the Chancellor also increased the first-time buyer threshold by £125,000. So again, from midnight on 23rd of September, first-time buyers will not pay any SDLT where the purchase price does not exceed £425,000. Sounds an enormous amount of money for a first-time buyer. But... If you're living in London and the South East, perhaps that's the sort of monumental figures that that first-timers are confronted with. But away from London, the figures are considerably lower. Uh, What about corporation tax? Well, the main rate of corporation tax was to be increased from 19% to 25% for profits arising on or after 1st of April 23. A small profits rate of 19% would continue for companies with annual profits, of £50,000 or less. Companies with annual profits of between 50000 and 250000 would be liable at the main CT rate but receive marginal rate relief that would re- reduce the average rate to between 19 and 25%. This increase has now been scrapped. We know that all companies, regardless of how much their profits are, will continue to pay corporation tax at 19% on profits arising before and after 1st of April 2023. This is really good news as far as we're concerned, and it should help uh, businesses of all sizes to continue to invest in the UK. Uh, sticking, sticking with the corporate theme, what about capital allowances? Well, the main principle of capital allowance is, of course, to spread tax relief over more than one year for the cost of durable items expected to be used in a business for more than two years, such as office equipment. However, Tax relief for purchases of items which together cost no more than the annual investment allowance can be claimed in full for the financial period in which the expense is incurred. Now, the annual investment allowance was temporarily temporarily even increased for trading companies and unincorporated businesses to £1 million for qualifying expenditure made between 1st of January 19 and 31st of March 23 inclusive. It was due to go back to its permanent level of £200,000 for purchases made on or after 1st of April 23. More good news. The Chancellor announced that the £1 million limit will be made permanent and this means that there will be no change to the AIA, Annual Investment Allowance, 
amount in April 2023 or until the government legislates to change the permanent amount again. Moving on, employment status. You're probably fully familiar with uh, the mess that is the IR35 and off-payroll working regime. And those rules were actually introduced in April 2017 and April 2021. And they are to be scrapped with effect from 6th of April 2023. Much cheering I can hear in the background. This does not affect the original IR35 legislation, which which will continue to apply beyond April 23. What's this mean in practical terms? Well, as a result of the withdrawal of the off-payroll rules, all individuals who work through an intermediary will again be responsible for determining if the IR35 rules apply to any work they do. And if they do, ensuring that the intermediary accounts for any PAY tax and NI on the income affected. While the government is clearly not a fan of the off-payroll rules, that's obvious, there is a good chance that anti-forestalling rules will apply to their abolition. HMRC loves the, these rules, uh, and specifically these, these anti-forestalling rules may be introduced to stop workers and their customers dodging the off-payroll rules on income earned before April 23 by deferring billing for it until later. It's likely that the abolition will only apply for earnings generated on or after 6th of April 23. But this is speculation, and we will only know when the legislation is drafted or the government confirms its intention. Tip here, if you work through an intermediary, you and your customers should continue to follow the off-payroll rules closely, at least on 6th of of April 23, or unless HMRC indicates its intention to relax its approach earlier. Finally, anything else that you need to be aware of? Well, there were a number of smaller fiscal announcements included in the uh, Growth Plan 2022 that we haven't already covered. For example, the Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme will be expanded, permitting companies to raise up to £250,000 of qualifying investments in a tax year. Qualifying investment limit for individual investors is also increasing to £200,000. The age of the trade that can qualify and the permitted gross assets will also be increased these changes will apply from April next year, 2023. Secondly, the company share option scheme is to halve the value of options that can be granted doubled to £60,000. As a tax advantage share scheme, it's very attractive form. It's a very attractive form of bringing in and retaining key employees. Thirdly, a number of new investment zones are to be designated. These will attract similar tax reliefs to freeport sites. Fourthly, all alcohol duty rates will be frozen from 1st of February 2023. Cheers to that one. Fifth, a new VAT-free shopping scheme for non-UK visitors to the Great Britain GB, it's called in VA terms. Uh, mainland will see travellers able to obtain a VAT refund for goods bought in high street shops where these are exported in personal baggages, in baggage, sorry. And finally, the government will embed tax simplification into the institutions of government. It will therefore, perversely in our view, abolish the Office of Tax Simplification and set a mandate to the Treasury and HMRC to focus on simplifying the tax code. So that is a fairly brief overview of, of what Mr. Kwarteng announced uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, in essence, the, the, since the rollback on the 45% tax rate, the, the main changes relate to uh, 
national insurance being reversed, uh, corporation tax, and also stamp duty land tax. We hope you found this information helpful. But for now, can you believe it? We've reached the end of another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. But don't worry, we'll be back again very soon offering even more incisive advice that you can apply to your business on a daily basis. But for now, thanks for spending your time with us and goodbye.